Oh, hello, right. Hello, welcome to the Mental Health Bar. We're live now. I've just let good evening, says uh, Claire. She's one of my mods. Hello, this is Chris Brooker. Hello, everyone. I am here with Chris Brooker, a wonderful guest for this evening. I'm going to try and keep my voice slightly softer because I was getting very excited talking to you, Chris, and I get all worked up and stuff. Um, Chris is, I met Chris uh, on, not had a notification yet, says Claire, again, my mod. So what, we have to wait a little bit. Chris is new to Twitch. He's heard about it, but he doesn't uh, know exactly how it works. So we have to wait just a little bit longer, Chris, because um, it notifies people and people will be waiting to, for the show. Uh, and it's just sent it just now. So um, I've got it and I can see like, I've got us on our little screen down here. So that's good. Right. Um, yeah, it's all right. It's very, you thought it was going to be hysterically professional. It's very hodgepodge. <laughs> we do um, do it. Yes, another Chris. Uh, there's going to be two Chris's. This might get confusing. But um, for the most part, we're going to have a nice talk. Um, Chris uh, Brooker, it, <laughs> I'm going to have to stop. Otherwise, people are going to think I'm talking about it in the third person. Chris is gonna is here. He's a um, uh, wrestling character coach and comedian. That's how we know each other because obviously we met on the circuit in Stoke. But we'll tell that story. I think we've met before then, but that was the that's the standout story. Um, and yeah, you, we're here to talk about coping mechanisms in mental health and 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 generally have a chat and answer some questions from the chat and things like that. There's a we're gonna wait for we're gonna we'll just have a, a a quick chat now and and you can introduce yourself actually chris tell tell us what you've been what you've been doing how long you've been a comedian and also what you've been doing in lockdown because uh well, and, and if anyone's confused by the this what i've decided to refer to as hot chris on chris action hot <laughs> chris on chris action chris, the yeah. power of chris chris squared chris squared this is more chris than you realize you needed but you're going to be up for it um, if I if I say Chris, I'm referring to you, and if yeah. you say Chris, you're referring to me. Yeah, yeah, it's right, just Chris. that. Yeah, luckily our voices are only just significantly different. <laughs> only just. Yeah, I, should, I should lean into my slight West Country burr, and maybe that'll make yeah. things a little less confusing. Uh, what, heavily, uh, heavily. The the name for a, a group of Chris's, I think. I was on suggest a crisis of Chris's. A crisis of Chris, especially in this scenario. You know, <laughs> when we're here like this. Uh, so, sorry, so one of the, uh, Clara's just said, I can take a double Chris. I don't know if, <laughs> yeah, it's not that kind of show. But that, not yet, but it's early. No, Let's see where the world yet. takes us. Not yet. It won't be. Don't 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 encourage her. Um, there, there we go. But hello, Ben. Uh, so I will greet people when they come in as well, um, just because it's nice. It's good. It's a chat. It's a chat. Right. Sorry. Yes, Chris. You keep going. Tell us how you, you, yeah, you're here. I mean, I think today's lesson is don't Chris the streams. That's, don't Chris that's the streams. We have Chris the streams. That's what we've done. And I also, I mean, I feel like such a tourist in a modern era here, especially the way you introduced me to everyone and said, well, this other Chris, other Chris's are available. He's, he's not really sure about Twitch. Oh, it's, it's just so, because we do get guests and you get some that are like, yeah, I get how it works. This is okay. I've got, I've pulled up the stream here, so I'm watching it and I can do it. And then we've got other people who are like, ah! <laughs> and they just don't really know and you're somewhere in between where you've heard about it uh but you uh and and you know how it works in public speaking so you're very aware of what's going on and yeah yeah exactly and that's what we're I'm gonna just, just happy to have another human being to talk to quite honestly uh, happy um, happy to have an adult well we've just had again i think tonight is a big a good reason to have a show as much as any is we've just had the announcement that we're coming out of it again same same time every year now yeah 
just it's just a link. What the definition of insanity is, uh, oh, you know, yes, which also is appropriate for this podcast. It seems yeah. to be like uh, <laughs> it, it, podcast slash stream slash video oh, yeah, you're right. show. So, yeah, Sure. You're right. I don't understand this. You do, um, it's okay. The terminology is fine. It's, you're still no, doing thank it. Thank you for inviting me on your Magic Lantern show. Um. <laughs> the Magic Box. Um, but we, 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 we're gonna, we, we, basically, we're going to talk about mental health coping mechanisms, how we deal. We both, we both of us are sufferers of mental health problems. We're going to sh- tell people how we talk about it. Um, if you're in the chat, you can ask questions. Uh, the the mods in the chat, Claire, and I believe Tefcast is it Steve's here as well, um, will... Uh, make sure that no one does anything inappropriate and i will have a look and we'll i'll ask appropriate questions so hello evil auntie so yeah give us a wave in the chat if you're here so that we know and also if you have any questions for chris leave them in the chat or even for me but they've pretty much asked all the questions from me so essentially, <laughs> you, are, you are if if this was a school situation you are the principal and you have prefects are these your mods in the yeah uh, mods are prefects are so. basically keeping everyone in line Yep, that's yeah, that's kind of it's it's more like it's more like I'm um I'm Zeus and <laughs> these are my, <laughs> uh, no, it's not quite like that. Um but it's uh yeah, they'll they'll, they'll make sure everything runs smoothly for us and the, and we'll make sure that I, I can see the chat here as well. So, um uh, don't don't make him think he's a principal as Carl has said. So thank you very much for Carl. I don't I don't address like a school teacher, but uh, <laughs> I, uh I- I, I refer to you as a principal. Immediately, you upgraded yourself to deity, and not just any deity, like head of the Greek pantheon. I mean, it's, he he was the most human of the gods. The guy used to... He actually had to challenge himself. I was just about to make a joke, but he actually had to challenge himself about sleeping with women. He was like, can I do it as a bull? Can I do it as a swan? That's what he... he was. Yes. Sexual green eggs and ham. Can I do it as oh a bull? Can God. I do it when you're full? Oh, all right. Sorry, they've said we're a, we're a rowdy but benevolent pantheon because <laughs> <laughs> with the, the community. So we'll have people that aren't part of the community yet, um, but when they do uh, become, that sounds like it's a cult. But they're uh, my community is called the Glitches. So um, they're. Did, did, you, um, did you ever come and do the gig I used to book in Keithley? I can't remember. I can't remember. I'll be honest. There's a reason I'm saying this. Um, there was a running joke that I hold. I wholesale stole from an improv group out in the States. Right. Um, because when you, one of the nice things about comedy is when you have a regular little gigs in little towns, they love it because there's nothing else to do. And it's their show, isn't it? They, they love the fact that they have something that's theirs. Yeah. And yeah. I emceed and booked this gig for about nearly 10 years. And it became a running joke every month. It was almost all the same people in the same seats, but you'd ever, you have like one or two new people. Yeah. Yeah. And every time there was, I had something set up with the rest of the audience and every time there's a new person i have a chat to them i say well welcome thank you for joining us um just so you know this is how the comedy works we get four great comedians we all get together once a month we have a laugh um and we're all quite welcoming i don't know what you've heard about parts of yorkshire it can be a bit snobbish but here we're quite welcoming we're like a big happy family but i want to make it very clear we are not a cult at which point this is every regular's cue to start going we are not a cult we are not. <laughs> and purely to see the That's look funny. on this newcomer's face That's when funny. they went, "Oh God, I'm not getting out of here alive." <laughs> oh. That's fine. Uh, so, just because you've done that, Claire has changed our. So we have a, a command in the chat where it's I Discord, so that people can go and join the group, join Glitch, because that's where we talk about it after. And that's there's a mental health support group there, and there's a radio station and stuff. But she's changed it to say it's definitely a cult, and then it brings <laughs> up the link. Um, so. 
it's a very it's, it's I have to verbally describe it because as you rightly say this becomes a podcast so I have to absolutely so everyone in the chat can see that but I do have to and then this person uh the, the more you declare you're not a cult the more I assume you're a cult there's the, there's the rules so, so well, that is true so Chris discuss how long have you been a comedian what's made you get let's how long have you been a comedian for let's talk about that May of this year will be 20 years since my first gig 20 years wow decades ever yeah, since so you were 11 years old that's incredible 25 but 25. yeah it's it, yeah it's i something i've done longer than anything else in my life apart yeah. from breathe and and grow hair um and yeah so 20 years uh full-time more or less making mm. the bulk of my living from it since 2009 um yeah from my, my very first gig which was a it everything's changed so much my first gig feels so archaic now it was for the bbc new comedy awards wow and it was hen and chicken in bristol your first gig first gig yeah but but it was um it's something that it was just an open anyone could apply oh yeah you give it a go. and this is this is the archaic bit now considering that i i've already come into twitch called it a podcast called it a magic lantern you know got my divining rods out and gone oh here be dragons um <laughs> the fact that this is i will date myself further oh no no <laughs> we need a glossary for this for some of the younger folk in the uh in the, in the chat and the, and the not a cult because <laughs> my uh, I was very naive to stand up when I started. I had a few ideas um, and, I, and I saw the BBC New Comedy Awards and I thought, I'll apply and have my first gig. I thought that was how it worked. Mm. So I had to record, it had to send a video, physically Jesus. post a video in the like post. Like a VHS tape. And I'm happy at this point, you only have to explain VHS tapes to people. In 10 years <laughs> time, I have to explain post. Um, but <laughs> it, I, I even, I had like a mini VHS camcorder where yeah. you had to take the Cassette out, put in the adapter, which then stuck it in the, and I and I filmed it in the bedroom of the house. I, I was living with my parents at the time down in Somerset because I was doing dead well, and um, with the dog running around, and they for some reason they went, oh well, this guy's got a joke, or maybe they had quotas to have some actual brand new comedians. Ginger, right? Went and did That's it. What it is? And, and so first gig, uh, <laughs> May of two thousand and one. And some footage missing. Here I am now. You know? <laughs> although, although I think I, I am I allowed? To, I think I might write the last year off because I had three gigs last year. No, it's I wouldn't. The least, I... the least I've gigged since two thousand and one. I gigged more in my first year than I did last year. Twenty twenty is is a, a lost year. So that brings me on to my next point. You've obviously changed. I'm just gonna. There's other people who have said they want to. They want it. They couldn't do comedy. They. Uh, um, they uh, don't know if they could, but they'd like to write comedy. And I say that if you want to be, uh, if you want to be a comedian, you probably don't want to do stand up. You just end up doing it. You think? Do you know what? It's funny that whoever it is that said that because I didn't want to be a stand up when I yeah. go all the way back. I wanted to write comedy, but there's one thing I hate more than going on stage, and that's rejection. rejection. And I figured, and I figured that if I could have a go maybe that would kind of grease the wheels to get writing done. But then the stand-up then became, became the, the thing. thing. Yeah. Um, not least of which, because I'm fundamentally a very, very lazy man and, and with a <laughs> terrible work ethic. And it turned out that I was quite good at making shit up as I go. So <laughs> all of a sudden I had this outlet where I just kind of got away with it for a while. 
um, that uh, if there's someone who wants to have a go at stand-up or, or comedy, um, and, and I know you, you, you've coached it and you've taught it, I've taught it a bit as well, mm. is always just, if you think you might enjoy it, have a go. Because the worst go. thing is that you'll just go, well, that was the worst experience of my life. But I tell you what, you'll have done something that most people don't. You know, yeah. and and you must have had this at some point. The 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 laundry list of people who tell you how brave you are doing stand up. I have had police officers, firemen, um, a bomb disposal expert once, bomb disposal. Uh, uh, a wrestler who was very famously thrown on the top of a structure called a hell in a cell. Oh Jesus! Um, and and landed on a basically knocked out a shell. People who. Some people who get thrown in thumbtacks for a living have told me I can't do what you do. So, you know, it's if you can, if you can, <laughs> I'm turning into Rudyard Kipling. If you can keep no. your head, if you go out and just and just do it once, yeah. even if you never do it again, you'll know you've done it. You'll know it. It's a, it's a, it's a great, it's a great feeling. It just to achieve something you didn't believe you could. Now, um, that obviously brings me on to my next point. The three gigs last year, you pivoted. That's the choice term that we've all adopted. Pivoted, much like myself, you've pivoted and you're doing um, wrestling character coaching. So, wrestling character coaching, what does that involve? And uh, what, how did you get into it? And or, I know we're going to move on to the mental health part of this in a minute, but we, we want to find out. You've got to build the foundation before we start living in the house. So, um, yeah, baseline. Uh, so, tell us, how did you get into that? So, um, I've been a wrestling fan since I was 15 years old and uh, was introduced to it by a friend who had a big brother who had Sky TV. So he'd record stuff off Sky and send him highlight videos that had things like The Simpsons, which you, you, there was a time when Sky TV meant you were rich. Yes, I remember that. Yes. The peasantry, much as us, didn't have Sky TV. No. So having this this magical video which had The Simpsons, a critic, Highlander, and... Highlander, yeah. Left. Yeah, yeah, Carl yeah. Adrian Paul there, yeah. <laughs> An entire TV series based around coming off someone's head where you couldn't show decapitation. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it, it really was the uh, Highlander version of Babe Station. It promised more than it could actually show you. It right? promised more. So, so um, WWF, and we watched this, uh, one of their shows, and I saw the British Bulldog, David Boy Smith, and he hit a move called a vertical suplex where he lifts up a wrestler called the warlord who was bigger than him, held him upside down over his head and it blew my mind. And then I became a fan and to the point of obsession. So again, some footage missing yeah. um, over the, over the years. Um, I got to, how do I, how did I get to the point of coaching promise? I've got to get my ducks in a row here. Because it, it sort of forks and it comes back together. So yeah. I, um, through, a, through a very fortunately timed tweet in 2011 when I was new on Twitter. See, I understand Twitter. That's about the, yeah. <laughs> the limit of my... That's where we're at now. Granddad, granddad social media, right? <laughs> um, so I tweeted a gentleman called Mick Foley, who is yes. now a WWE Hall of Famer. Very famous. Um, he was a guy who got thrown off the aforementioned hell in a cell. Um, he did. Because he'd started dabbling in stand-up comedy over in the States, and he was over here on a tour, and I tweeted, and I said, while you're here, do you want to do a stand-up gig with me? And he said, and he messaged me in the middle of the night, followed me on Twitter, Jeez. and said, well, I can't now, but we'll talk about this later. One thing led to another, and eventually we were able to 
organize him doing a tour. Yeah. And it was the first time I'd done anything like that, kind of fake it till you make it to some extent. But fortunately, yeah. I'd learned enough by doing stand-up. And I had people that had run tours that I could go to for help. Um, was really, really good, really successful. Kind of opened the floodgates for other wrestlers to come and tour, do spoken word events, because as a rule, they're quite articulate. They're very interesting, eccentric people with a lot of stories. And it yeah. led to me working with other guys like Roddy Piper, uh, did wow. a tour with him which was a very long two weeks, uh, rest his soul. Um, and that was him calmed down. Lord knows how I could have dealt with him back in the 1980s at his craziest. Um, the, um, and, and a gentleman called William Regal, who is uh, a Blackpool, Blackpool lad done good, who is now out in America. He'd been wrestling there full time since nine, in the 1990s. Um, yeah. And at the same time, I kind of got involved in, in some of the smaller indie promotions over here, like the local British ones, because uh, I started to train for a little bit. And then I found out I don't like pain or exercise. So it really kind of put a ceiling on what I could achieve in the world of pro wrestling. Well, absolutely. However, because I've been doing stand-up for a while, um, at one of the training sessions, uh, the head coach went, do you want to see if you can help people with their, their pro skills? Because a promo is a wrestling term for the interviews. Um, and you know, everyone, if you're not a wrestling fan, you know what you think of, you think of some yeah. big guy going, brother, I'll tell you something this weekend when I get my hands on you, I'm going to tear you limb from limb. What you got, you know, Hulk Hogan thing. Yeah. The yeah. idea that you are wrestling is the bastard son of theater and sport. And it's unlike anything else in the world. Imagine, imagine having to do a one take live action movie where you are right. literally actually getting hit in the face over and over again but you still have to maintain your character remember where you're going remember what you're doing yeah. and, and tell the story it's it's hard but a big part of it is your character and how you express yourself so um and and a, and a lot of people don't practice that or work on that because that's again the irony that people are more scared of talking in public than they are i've seen people who will throw themselves off the highest point of any building without a second thought to, onto concrete onto nothing but hate the idea of being given a live microphone. Terrifies them. Well, yeah. So I, uh, I, I basically went okay. So I, I, I tried it out in this one session. I had I used a couple of ideas I used from stand up and from some improv that I did, and it, it seemed to go quite well. So on and off yeah. for a while, I dabbled with it, um, and then um, a few years ago, because when William William Regan and I, he's he's a wonderful human being. Um, anyone who says don't meet your heroes, just pick better heroes. Um, we became really good friends and yeah. he knew that I was interested in potentially doing a little bit of this teaching on the side because I really enjoyed it. He invited me to WWE's tryout in Glasgow to sit in when they do their, when they have potential wrestlers coming in, like all the British wrestlers would come in. They yeah. have a promo tryout where they come in and they do an interview to get their character across. And I was yeah. given the chance to sit in on that, which blew my mind. Wow. Um, and just learn and see how he taught people. And so I sat with him and Robbie Brookside and Johnny Saint, who were both stars of the old world of sport days. Um, and then to sort of further, so that, that happened a couple of times. I managed to do that in Glasgow, I managed to do it in Manchester. Then a couple of years ago, I had a, a midlife crisis, came into a bit of yeah. money at the time and uh, fucked off to America for three months. Um, <laughs> Right away, because well, I had friends. I had friends who lived in Orlando, and I thought I'll go over there for a little bit. Then I maybe tour and see what takes me. Um, 
I had a, a call off William Regal on the first day going, well, Chris, while you're here, would you like to come along to the WWE Performance Center and sit in on the promo classes? And I went, well, let me Jeez. think about it. Yes, of course yes. I would. So I did. And it, it really kind of lit the fire under me more than it was before to be able to sit in and learn and see how the, the sort of top end of the business teaches these skills. Mm. <clears throat> and, 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 and Mr. Eagle's not a, not a fool. He wanted me to learn to take it back so I could help sort of the grassroots yeah. level here. So that's that's kind of where I am now. Um, I had a couple of false starts, mainly because the the the, the, the old mental health thing, you know, which yeah. we may get into a little bit later. We will get into. <laughs> we we should probably at least address it in passing. Um, but the uh, it's 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 called the brain bar, not the arm bar. Let's not get no, too carried it's away. Mental with the health bar. The brain bar. The... Oh yeah. yeah, that's the apple thing, isn't it? See, yeah. young people in your bars. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, anyway, my apologies. I should I should be That's more right. comfortable with branding. So back on the back on the topic. So I got I got to sort of come back and then um, everything it, it, like like so many of us about around about you know February March last year I had everything yeah. kind of going in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've said that then, I I've had to make a public apology because I said, do you know what? I think we can afford a holiday this year. And that was in February 2020. Was the I was like, oh no, oh no. You can't take all the blame for that, you know. I mean, I I at some point said, do you know what? I think my diary's getting pretty busy this year. Yeah, I think we all did that as well. Finally, turning the corner. And to be fair, (laughs) no, keep going. Sorry, this is the problem with Zoom calls. So we've all we've all um, we've all kind of had that moment, and I and it sort of. One good thing about the pandemic is it's actually made me figure out how to use Zoom, and and I'm now um, coaching folk online. So people, I'll, I'll have choice. a Zoom class with someone, and we'll just mm. basically they'll they they sort of if if you wrestling is like stand up comedy. In comedy, you have your jokes. In wrestling, you have your moves. And yeah. in comedy, it doesn't matter how good your jokes are if nobody cares about you. If you yeah. cannot get people to connect with you, connection over content is my phrase that I just beat to death. It's absolutely right. Um, yeah. So, you know, in the same way that Hulk Hogan wasn't the greatest wrestler in the world, oh Lord, no, but he had a connection. I always compare to Peter Kay, who I think technically, and as from a writing point of view, isn't the best comedian in the world, but he had a connection with his audience and they absolutely yeah. lapped up everything he did. Um, so, it's the importance of making that connection, having that sincerity and having that ability to express yourself. Yeah. And with, with wrestlers, because it's such a nerve wracking thing, some of them just put off doing it until they have to, as a result, they then do badly. Then they put it off again. Then yeah. they do badly. It's a little sort of cycle that goes on. So my, my, my thing is just getting people to, well, just sort of myth busting that it isn't sorcery, it isn't alchemy. It's like anything no. else. You just have to take that first step and then um, Keep plug away at it until it gets easy. Yeah, well, until yeah, until it gets tolerable. So let's, uh, as you said, you rightly addressed. We've been talking for twenty five minutes, uh, <laughs> but no, I think that's a good thing. Like I said, we have to talk about the background, and I always think that um, we should always talk. So uh, even when we're not talking about mental health, we are talking about mental health because obviously. 
uh, I think comedy attracts a certain type of person and wrestling attracts a certain type of person. There's obviously you you don't I don't think well-adjusted people become stand-up comics. I don't think that's normal, comfortable, well not they you, now maybe, <laughs> but before not so much. Um I, I was very suspicious of anyone who seems well-adjusted in stand-up comedy. Yeah, well, that's that's true. Well, that's why I uh, like that, that's why, and like we said before, this is like I'm full time streamer now, and I'm a lot happier. But it's because the the person that I'm talking to constantly is a computer screen and a camera, <laughs> and everyone in here has been has been talking to me via the medium of text. Um, though we, it, it, you know, it, it, I find it like the same. We get a bit of a connection. So you have you have uh, obviously had some trouble with mental health over the years. Do you want to tell us what you've had? specific problems with or tell us some specific incidents that you've dealt with it's 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 one of those things when it's it's really hard to pin down because i've not had like an official diagnosis per se um i've i've not had a lot a lot of it has been it's not until you look back i think that you realize i think we're now in a position where people are more open about it more more able to discuss it then we were one of the good things about having all this this social media is that there is there is a discourse and there is an ability to bring these things to the surface when i was a teenager didn't know i think in hindsight i believe looking back and this is something i've only sort of realized over the last couple of years um because over the last couple of years i've I've realized I've had to do something about it. I've, I've been seeing a counselor properly for the first time for the last year and a half, and I wish I've yeah. been doing that soon. Um, and realizing that depression and anxiety has been a big part of my life mm. ever since I was a teenager. But then it, it kind of hit me when I was 15 or 16. But at 15 or 16, teenagers are miserable. That's that's the accepted <laughs> that's thing. part of it. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm a teenager. Okay this be why I feel like this on a mm. sort of regular basis. Um, <clears throat> and it wasn't until I started to look back and went, okay, um, there's a pattern emerging here. Every so often um, I would have periods of time where I would lose motivation. I wouldn't be going, I'd lose jobs. I would yeah. lose contact with people. And it's not until you kind of, it, it's one of those things you, you can't, see a pattern if it happens once or twice or three times right. and that's one of the sad it, it takes <laughs> i wish it hadn't taken me like 25 years you know no, 30 but... years to spot all this but it happens when it happens um and a lot of people that are watching today i know that we've discussed in the past that they that loss of it's, it's losing the jobs losing contact it's something that just happens and it becomes a rolling theme and you just realize and you blame yourself you blame yourself for it all you completely and it and it feeds the monster it feeds oh. that sense in your body yeah it's like it's 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 like you're in an abusive relationship with yourself basically yeah it doesn't happen it's not like you wake up one morning when you're 14 and it goes hey kill yourself so i oh, shut the fuck up it's yeah, it, yeah. it's a gradual thing and it all kind of grinding and and it's it's when i look back so when I'm, i mentioned that i've been full-time doing stand-up since 2009 yeah and, and the reason i'm time is that i hit one of those points in august of 2009 where i just went i can't do my day job anymore and i quit mm. i quit yeah. specifically um and it was uh <laughs> content warning um, it was the first of my two suicide attempts that kind of uh, made me uh, decide to move on. Um, but um, 
so I, I, it's something that I've, I've, I've talked about this on stage once yeah. before. Um, it was at Harriet Dyer's fantastic night in Manchester, Barking Tales. Yeah, yeah it's great. Stand-up night, talking about that. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Um, and um, so I talked about this story where I... And I'll, I'll do the abridged version, obviously. I, I basically right. hit this point on a probably Wednesday, Thursday night. I think it'll be a Wednesday. Wednesday is probably the night to do it, you know. <laughs> if you have to pick a day of the week, you know, it's going to be Wednesday. Wednesday. Maybe a Sunday. Yeah. Maybe a Sunday night, but Tuesday's Wednesday, definitely. Yeah. So I was, um, so I, um, I, I decided I'd had enough and I lived in Fallowfield in Manchester. And so I went, okay, I'm going to do it. And it's, Something that I've realized is that, and talking to other people and hearing accounts of folk who have gone through with it mm. and have succeeded in, in taking their own lives, is it's not the, the misconception is that people who are on the verge of killing themselves are, are miserable at that point, and they're not. I wasn't, I was very much in this kind of euphoric, I've right, I've made the decision, that's it, sweet, I'll do all my family a favor, everyone will be better off, I'll be out of this. This is brilliant. Why didn't I think of this sooner? Gosh, what am I like? Um, yeah. So I got my car, uh, Skoda Fabia, very sensible, nice. uh, diesel, diesel, because, you know, comedians. And I drove to Asda in Hume, uh, it's a big Asda, uh, with the intense, intention of going in, buying a hose pipe, sticking it in the exhaust of my car, parking in a corner of the car park, and, and just doing away with myself. So I went in, walked into Asda, and went looking for a garden hose, and couldn't find one. Just like okay, well, I'm sure. And you know what supermarkets are like? They have their seasonal aisle where things move around. It's like okay, yeah, yeah. But this, I swear, I'd seen it here before. You know, they have the little JML stand or something. I was going, oh, this yeah. would be, oh, love of God, right? So I went, well, this is bullshit. And I was doing the man thing of not wanting to ask for help as well because right. even in that instant, you know. And then I went, oh, well, this is this is ridiculous. I'm going to have to ask someone. And in that split second, my it's you have that moment where your bubble of consciousness just expands and you have yeah. have to take a step back. And it, it and that step back is often enough to just pull you that just that little inch away from where you need that almost sweet spot of doing it. Yeah. And I thought to myself, okay, well, if I have to go and ask someone for a hose pipe, and then they take me to the hose pipe, I then buy that hose pipe, take it outside, and all of a sudden, first of all. Imagine being that person who sold a hose pipe to someone who then oh used my God. their premises to do themselves in. Yeah. As well as I realized that all of a sudden I was going to be suddenly this punchline in a Darwin Award thing or one of yeah. these bleakly humorous bylines yeah. in the newspaper. On a or website. Yeah. In Asda, you know, and, and, and nowadays, I mean, Sort of potentially memes around as the value and you know oh my god I hope at least those pound out the trolley you know and all that kind of stuff <laughs> and it's it's that moment where i just it it made me take that step back and it made me kind of go okay and once you do that i started to think about and i'm and i've i've been very fortunate i've in terms of i have and this is something else i've realized of late the, the thing you the things that you take for granted when you're at your, at your bleakest um is that I, for example, I have a very, I'm very lucky to have a family um, who are very supportive, very loving. And that's, and when you have one, it's very easy to forget that not everyone does. Yep. And realizing the impact it would have on them and then the friends and then the, the people who are closest to me. And it was enough to sort, mm. of, sort of take me back from that edge. 
Um, and it helped in a way, but what I what I found for a very long time, and again, this is the sort of the, the long game of it, is often with these sort of bouts of depression and what I later realized were anxiety as well, um, yeah. is that a lot of what I was doing was just kind of like duct taping shit together, putting the bit yeah. of tape over the, the warning light and then going, okay, point. it's fine now. It's fine, you know? So mm. things like, you know, being off, being signed off work with depression, going, okay, I've had my time off work. I'm fine. Um, going on medication for all of six weeks and then coming off it, Jesus. you know, all this kind of shit. Not even going to start working. Exactly, exactly. It's It's, it's one of those things where, it took me so long to realize that it is not there's this there's this generally there's the the thing I, I i had was something that a lot of people have which is i'll be okay when yeah yeah everything'll yeah. be fine once i have insert whatever it is physical Weird thing material yes yeah. achievement you know, so like like life life is life is a PlayStation game, and you're looking to platinum the fucker. You know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just get another. I'll just get another achievement. I'll just get another one of these. Um, and for a long time, it was okay. I will be fine when I get to do stand up full time. Yeah, I will be fine when I get a relationship. I will be fine when I have no more debt, for example. Like, and you set these goals, and there's nothing wrong with having those goals, but it's that attachment of this bit to it and was it the old saying no matter where wherever you go there you are you know you're not you're still you're still you you're still carrying the same same baggage and it's it's something that i'm still coping with Mm. and i don't mean necessarily coping well all the time uh, as as evidenced by by sort of January where I spent most of it under my fucking duvet. <laughs> well, yeah, um, I think that I think a lot of people have spent lockdown suffering. Like a lot of people have I've had I've had meltdowns during this time. I know a lot of people have. I just have to care. there's some things I think you would you would appreciate in the chat. Um Claire has said that she agrees she even felt bad um because we're talking about feeling bad about ourselves she said she even felt bad for her failed suicide like she couldn't even do it. She she felt bad about that. Um that <laughs> Well, they people have said that it's this is like a Mitchell and Webb sketch hunting down something to end your life with, but being too repressed to ask for help. Uh, that <laughs> that was made in a sweatshop. Oh yeah, it very much so. And uh, I thought that this was a great. Um, so a friend, another one of the users made it. One of our um, uh, listeners, a friend stopped himself from doing something dark due to having a trifle in the fridge that was going out of date. He didn't want it to go to waste. Just those kind of things, because that's the it's the little things that bring you back into reality, don't they? And you realise that you, you, the for me, when I've got to my darkest, it's always been like my kids. I they always have brought me. I've been like I've been like I can't leave them without a dad. I couldn't do this. I I could just couldn't do it and it's always just as the darkest parts of my life i've always come and my wife and i've just uh, come, been dragged back to it we've all been to that dark part but you said now you're coping with it so what what have you i mean you said that was one you said there's a couple of attempts what was the <laughs> well, there were two two there were so, two yeah so so to to sort of set the scene for it so i had been so it was it was 2018 so it was two two just sort of two and a three years ago now so it's 2021 now isn't it um 
I feel like we've lost a year for some reason. So 2018, um, I'd I'd spent a few years before then really kind of struggling. I'd come out of a relationship that didn't end well, took a lot of the the guilt for that, um, sort of bounced around living different places. Um, Didn't get help because, you know, it's only in your head. You should be able to sort that out yourself, shouldn't you? Um, And then um, I'd, I'd sort of gone it, it's and seeing this sort of fluctuation it's always it always seems to be one of the, the sort of side effects is life always seems to be feast or famine things are going really really well or absolutely appallingly yes and i'd, I'd been in the position where particularly after the tours i've mentioned where i was like oh i'm flying on top of the world i've got a relationship mm-hmm. everything's great i've got plenty of money to oh well i'm screwed now i'm single i've messed that up and i've now broke again so i've yeah. i'd been up and down and i was in a position where i was sort of financially in a lot of trouble um, but I was due, uh, my, my grandfather passed away and I was due an inheritance. It just took a very long time to come through. And it was one of those things where I go, well, when this, again, see if, stop me if this sounds familiar, it'll be all right when. It'll yes. be all right when I get this through. And it came through. And would you know, it didn't make everything better. And, I, and instead, I was sat there just going, why don't I feel better? I've got no reason to feel bad. I have yeah. no reason to feel bad. I have no, exactly. I, don't, I do not have a care in the world right now. I genuinely don't have a care in the world. Why am I so so miserable? So so on a on a sort of May on one one day in May, I thought right, that's it. I'm going to do it. Uh, but because I have a lot of respect for my flatmate slash landlady, I decided not to do it in the home that we we, we that I live in because I mean, who'd want to live there if someone killed themselves? Yeah, yeah. So I thought right, what I'm going to do. I'm going to find a hotel in Manchester and I'm just going to go there and I'm going to cut my wrist open in the bath. I've seen it on telly. I'm sure that works. Um, so I um, headed out, stopped at Asda in Hume because, yeah. you know, why not? Asda. At, least know, at least I know where everything is now. I'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah. You don't um, have to ask. I went in there and I bought myself a Stanley knife. And oh, I, because, uh, you know, do it properly, I suppose. You know, that's what yeah. industrial. Maybe I was maybe it's insecurity in my masculinity. I went, you know, at least I'm going to go out for once using the right tool for the job. <laughs> and and I and I and I sort of took this Stanley knife and I and I and I sort of and I went to the Hilton on Deansgate in Manchester, which is the the the, the hotel with the big tall tower, Beecham's right, Tower. Because yes. I figured, yeah. you know what, I'll um, I, I don't want to go out in a Britannia Inn. <laughs> you know, I don't want to. No. Treat no yourself. Dying in an ibis. No. No, don't do it. So I, I, went on, I went on booking.com. Not on I purpose. Myself, I booked this room. And uh, <laughs> I suppose it's important to it. I did pay for breakfast as well. So maybe on some level, I didn't think I was going to go through with it. But I figured part of me went, no, it's better value. Just go for it. That is a, that. Think, is that. Does it matter if it's non-refundable? Not this time. There we go. How British of you. This is more, this this is a good deal. I can't, yeah. I can't. Yeah, I don't intend to eat that breakfast. But so I drove in and I and I sort of parked up and again I was like, have I, or instinctively doing things like going, oh, I should probably make sure I get up in the morning, put more money in the meter. Oh no, wait, I won't have to. This is fine. Jeez. So I so I went in and I checked in and I went up to the the hotel room and I, I sort of it was nice. It was nice enough, mm. you know. Nice hotels a hotel. And I just sat and I sort of looked out at the city. It was a nice view and I just sort of got something to drink. Um, <laughs> again the ridiculousness of me going eh, shall I get something at the mini bar fuck those prices no <laughs> you know, that, Jesus 
just, it doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't like, matter. I mean, I may have been shuffling off my mortal coil, coil but there's 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 a line. <laughs> Don't there's pay minibar prices. Yeah. You know. And I and I got to the point. I, went, I suppose I should get on with this. So I, I went and got the Stanley knife. And the makers of Stanley knives, who may or may not, probably still not Stanley, he um they uh it has a safety feature on it. You have to get a screwdriver, turn a screw on the side of the Stanley knife to be able to unlock on this particular one to be able to unlock the blade. Right. And I just went, oh shit, I don't have a screwdriver. Just sat sat there yeah. for a while, just going, how do I get into this fucker? And and it was also in that that shrink wrap that that vacuum sealed plastic, so it was a bugger to get into at all. Yeah, <laughs> just, nightmare. Just, yeah, you you picked a and good I, one. So what do I do? So I went. I ended up sort of scouting around the 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 sort of the hotel room to go. What what? How can I MacGyver my way into this Stanley knife? <laughs> and, I, and I and I got a teaspoon out the uh, out the coffee kit and tried Jeez. to use that, and it wasn't working. To the point where I think I actually broke the mechanism of the Stanley knife somehow <laughs> by using this. I was like, going, oh shit, what am I going to do? And I thought to myself, maybe they've got a maybe they've got a screwdriver at reception. At which point, <laughs> once again, the brain went, "Do you realise what you're doing? You are now at the point where you first of all, this is very you that yeah. you cannot get a Stanley knife open. That you basically." Can you even do this right? Come on. Yeah. Amateur. Amateur hour. This is bullshit. And then, amateur suicide attempt. I, I, yeah. I think there's only amateur. I don't know if you can go pro. No, no. And, and if you did, it would mean you couldn't do the Olympics. So... You, yeah. <laughs> they couldn't do the Olympics. They'll add anything. Isn't it? Yeah. So, so it was that moment where I just went, okay. And it's a bit like that asking for a hose and Asda thing um, where I went... So, so <laughs> again some poor soul on reception who goes, well, this guy asked for a screwdriver last night and then today we found this. And then you think about <clears throat> the person, like some someone on minimum wage mm. who, oh, who housekeeping, who comes in and finds blood and death everywhere. Yeah. And then and then it extrapolates out. That, you know, like there was a big wrestling event that, in fact, we were Future Shock, which was an indie wrestling company in Manchester that I ran at the time. We had our first show at Stockport Town Hall on the right. Sunday, yeah, um, which was a big deal. The first time they'd had wrestling there in about 25 years. Um, and I would have been checking out before then. And and that's quite impractical to have a member of management top themselves. I mean, it might help <laughs> tickets if you could suddenly market it as a tribute show, play Candle in the Wind <laughs> or a bit of the Creed at the start of the show. I mean, but, Creed, come on. <laughs> Well, it's, you know, My Sacrifice was the quintessential tribute video music well, yes. for a very long time. Um, <laughs> but, it, it, again, it's that, that moment of clarity where the bubble expands, and I went, oh, right, well, I, I can't go on like this. And it, it, it was, I'd love to say that that was the moment where everything got better, but that's not how reality works. No. Um, and it, it really took until sort of, last uh, sort of year and a half two years ago when i when when my my folks saw me i was visiting them and they saw me in a really bad depression depressive bout in person yeah. for the first time because normally i just don't answer the phone and they saw me and they went well can we help you and they sort of pushed me not pushed me encouraged me to seek out counseling and i yeah. thought well I've, I've, it, and it 
and for you it's your kids for me i've got two nephews so my brother's taken on the burden of of, of continuing the family line for me which is very kind of him um and um so here they are they don't look like this now they're a bit bigger uh, uh, it's definitely related to you look at that hair Look at the yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the other one popped out ginger. That was awkward because um, my brother <laughs> isn't. Um, it's a recessive gene. But um, thinking about them and, and sort of being around for them and seeing them grow up and seeing them lo- live their lives, and that's 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 a big thing for me at the moment. And, and it, it sort of encouraged me to get help. And I wish I'd done it sooner, but my, my previous experience of getting counselling I was sent to a counselor through work once through occupational therapy. Um, yeah, good. And they, we didn't get along. Didn't and get I along. Thought, well, that's it. well th- I didn't realize that pick, you need to get the right balance with the counselor. Because yes, I'd, I'd had, I'd been referred to that. And, and the NHS referred me to someone who, again, didn't really, it didn't really work. But I just then extrapolated that counseling is a waste of time as opposed yeah. to talking to other people and realizing that you have to find someone who works well with you. Now, fortunately, I found someone now um, That's good. who I've been seeing now for sort of two years almost. Yeah. That's and good. it's it made a big deal, uh, made a big deal, made a big difference. To me. Big difference. Yeah. Um, you should always seek professionals. So something we've said on here is a, a bunch of times is, first of all, not all counselors are the same. It's something that's come up a couple of times um, because people do, like you say, you do one, and you think, like you go roller skating, and then you think, not for me. When actually, you just have to find the right sports aren't for me. You just have to right, find the right uh, fit. I was the same. Took took three or four counsellors who to even diagnose what was wrong with me. Um, but more importantly, uh, you you have to just you just keep going to different ones. You don't you don't just keep going back to the same one over and over again. And once you find the right one, you you keep doing it. So yeah, I was very, very lucky because when I the, the guy I'm I'm I've sort of been working with is as mm. I, I sort of saw him recommended by another comedian, as it turns out. Right. Um and it turns out he'd he'd counseled a couple of different comics of my uh, acquaintance. And it just it just seemed to work quite well. Um, that's good. So I was very fortunate to sort of fall into that. But <laughs> it it's taken I wish I'd found it sooner and I wish I'd try to address it and just just little things like <clears throat> the stuff that's going on in my head the the sort of however you want to describe it as biological or uh, nature or nurture or however it is all the different factors coming together didn't happen in a week or a month or a year it's decades going right the way back through your childhood all the rest of it so a big thing for me was realizing that it couldn't just be sorted in a week or two. And it was going to take time to even understand it. Yeah. And it's only even just now, like I'm, so I'm 45 in April, a couple of months. Right. Even now I'm still just getting my head around it all. Yeah. It's, um, it's a long time. Yeah. And um, realizing I think because the, the word you use was coping and rather than curing. Yes. And that's because, what we talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, because everything that kind of gives me grief, everything, the flip side of a lot of the stuff that makes my life harder is what makes my life easier. 
a lot of the things that are challenging are also they, they I wouldn't necessarily be able to think the way I do. I wouldn't necessarily be able to do the things I do if I wasn't wired the way that I am. Mm. Um, even even sort of so accepting all that and realizing that I'm a work in progress. That every day is different, and it's not a case of going right. At some point, I'll be better, or I'll be okay when this happens, or I'll be yeah. okay when. Like when I when I when I suddenly moved to Orlando and and worked for WWE full time and 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 realized that some block is a tax write off as a ginger or something like that, um, <laughs> all of this it stuff is work work expense. Good, it's going straight, and that'll be my biggest expense. Forget about petrol or gas, as they call it. Yeah. It'll be some block. Is is realizing that I'm a sort of work in progress. That every day you, you just yeah. rather than going, all right, I'm going to try and be better forever. Just cope with today. Just that's, now. that's that's it just just live in the now um and even and even now like little things like two weeks ago it's amazing how the the counseling thing and mm. and for me it was very much that often that the most difficult counseling sessions were the most valuable ones the ones that really felt raw and and hard and difficult <clears throat> like even even a couple of weeks ago there was this moment we went Ah, that's a breakthrough. So, so talking yeah. about shame and what shame is and how that can weigh heavily on you and self sabotage and 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 sort of even things like like quite early on when when counselor Chris, another Chris, another third try to the power three, Chris cubed, cubed, yeah. Chris cubed, um, said, "Are you an anxious person?" And I went, "No." Wait a minute. Yep. Does that what? Well, oh, you mean the way I? I mean, no, I'm not anxious. I mean, I do worry constantly. I am constantly scared of what's yep. going to happen next. You know, I do feel. Oh wait, oh god, I am an anxious person, and and it's not a bad thing. It's just going okay. Don't get rid no. of it. That's just, see, that's a big thing. That's a big thing. People, first of all, the media present things like anxiety in a very specific way, so that we're conditioned to believe that's what it is. And secondly, again, media, but also society's preconceptions, see things like anxiety and things like that as negative traits, when in fact, half of it is to do with evolution, where we've been better at survival, but also it makes other bits of our personality better. I just want to make one of our um, uh, one of the. the in the chat, Carl has said something that, like you said about the shame and things like that. Um, he said the biggest thing he got from counselling sessions was not to approach situations from his childhood thinking like an adult. You can't feel the guilt of those situations about with how you would have reacted now, because seven-year-old you would not have had the knowledge and foresight that you have now. I think that's a great, uh, a great thing comment there. Oh, good lord! Um, Imagine if someone flicked a switch and suddenly remembered everything that you did between the age of zero and five. Oh god! We'd be cringing all the time. There'd be a lot of memories of walking around without pants for a start, and and just again, it, forgiving yourself the journey. You know, you are learning as you go. Yeah, yeah. We we've got one of our. I have so many. Like, so I always say this. I've got all of these like right up on my board here. I've got little sayings, and one of them is, uh, "We're either doing it or we're learning how to do it." There's no like independent. There's no failure. That you're either doing it or you're learning how to do it. And I because. I don't know if you've you just talked about failure and shame. I'm holding a pen, but I'm not writing anything. Well, we're talking about failure and shame. Very, and, uh, very therapeutic to hold, aren't they? Uh, yeah, I spin them, so you can't see this down here, but I, I fiddle. Um, 
I um, talk about I, I, I'm very very focused on my own failure and I'm trying to recalibrate myself to to get failure out because I did the same with my diet I got rid of I got rid of sweets and binging so I but I made it that I didn't want it so now I'm trying to get failure out by saying there's no such thing it's not real the only thing is doing it or learning to do it you did it wrong so you do it that's just you know not to do that again so that it's a very and is that something because you were talking about failure and shame is that something that you struggle with or what was your shame targeted around oh it's 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 an interesting one because i i as a as a bright kid which which i was um yeah, of as a sort of, sort of there were a lot of kind of oh you're going to do good things you're going to you're going to do great and a lot of things and you'll notice it's dangerous that in most in in many cases in any aspect of anyone's life the stuff that comes to you easily is not necessarily appreciated you know no. um i was i was very you know four five six years old i was streaking ahead of everyone else i was very very articulate i was very i was reading early i was doing all of this stuff and i kind of stopped trying because i didn't have yeah. to and it yeah and it it feels like a bit of a cliche but obviously you're you the stuff that happens and this is another thing that's come up in counseling is realizing that so many of the things that happened to you earlier in life become the building blocks for for the yeah. way you live afterwards absolutely so it yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and it, it, there's there's plenty of good reason. You know, like don't stick your hand on the stove, but you also form these connections. You know. Yeah. Um, I wish I'd learned about the stove thing. I managed to burn myself this morning. Um, but your so and it isn't. And again, it, this is the stuff that you tuck away. And it wasn't until I was in counselling that someone else, you internalise all this stuff, and you just go. Well, everyone else deals with theirs. Why can't I deal with mine? Why am I? Why yeah. am I? Why? 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 I should. Should. Should is a terrible world. Should, should is, a should is an word. awful yeah. word. Bad should. Um, unless it's part of shoulder, in which case I also have a bad shoulder. So let's not dwell. Um, where was that? Yes. So we th this idea that you're the only one who has been through this. Everyone's been through different kinds of stuff growing up. Um, yeah. And little things like so i was born in canada um, right my brother and i were born in canada to british parents moved back here when i was five years old um and it wasn't until i realized that you know what not all kids spend their first sort of five years of education being bullied relentlessly oh yeah. that's unusual isn't it um yeah. and and when i look back at it i go hang on a second so so little 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 sort of village school in Somerset in Cheddar, which is a real place. Um, yeah. I feel I do have to say that to some people who think it only exists for marketing, right? Um, <laughs> it's real. Cheddar first school. Little, imagine I'm like a trick shot for bullies because I turn up, I'm new, I'm a bit outspoken and weird, yeah. I'm foreign, I've got an accent, and I'm ginger. It's like holy shit, Christmas has come early. Every, everything's and, there. Yeah, it's it's there, and it it just it's seeing how sort of expectations are put on you and yes. then you internalize them and you start putting them on yourself, but mm. it, they're ephemeral. They're this kind of, you should go out there and you'll, you'll succeed. And one day 
oh, okay, one day everything will fall into place for you. And I was very guilty of thinking one day everything will fall into place for me. And, you know, as I've mentioned before, some footage missing. Holy shit, I'm 44. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. But always that feeling of it's not enough. And, I, and I'm, I've, I've been very, very guilty of... <laughs> without turning into literally quoting the pet shop voice, when I look back upon my life. Yes. Yeah. It's always with a sense of shame, right? I've always <laughs> been the one to blame, you know? And it's even with um, my ability to take good experiences and only see the bad part. So I look back on things, especially when I'm feeling down and you get into that cycle of going round and round and round. It's almost like an OCD thing, isn't it? You obsess. Yeah. And to look back on, for example, like the tours I did, and I genuinely got to work with my heroes, have amazing nights out, and overachieve as a fan. If you think of any kind of fandom, I have absolutely overachieved. If I could go back to 15-year-old, a 16-year-old Chris, who had just watched Bret Hart and Roddy Piper at WrestleMania, yeah, and yeah. go, that guy, you're going to tour with him. Oh, yeah. oh, by the way, yeah, in a couple of years after that, you're going to get to go to WrestleMania in Orlando. And because you know the wrestlers, they're going to get you into the VIP bit where they've got all the catering, and then you're going to go to the after party. And then, you know, 16 year old yeah. me would have been great. Hindsight, I look back at that and go, well, some of the gigs weren't very well attended. Yeah, when it shouldn't, you know, that shouldn't a, even be a thought. Exactly, exactly. Because that and is I, an ego thing. That's not even a, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's not well attended. Just people, I. that's something I've had to really learn with this because I'm just like, as many people as that any anyone who wants to watch you is amazing not even if one person wants to watch you it's amazing even if so if you do your job even if you only just do the minimum you're still doing it it doesn't matter if it's if you're like if you're cleaning floors it doesn't matter if you're streaming it doesn't matter if you're ceo if you do it just just doing it is enough and it, I think it's hard. People get really stuck in that it has to be above because we're told we have to overachieve all the time. Perfectionism. Perfectionism. From perfectionism. And, and that's perfectionism. another thing as well. And realising the, the sort of the patterns of self-sabotage, it's not until you talk to someone else who can kind of, and that's the advantage of a professional who is yeah. not connected to you. And it's something that, especially because friends and family are great to talk to. And it's so important to have that network of friends and family, but they can't necessarily handle you the way that a professional will. And it could be, and it's both from the idea, obviously part of it is the, is the idea that they're professional. They, they yeah. have studied this. They know it's like the difference between going, like having a mate who know who thinks he knows what that noise in your car is and a mechanic who's actually studied it. And, and, so part of it is actually having the, the, the academics behind it and the yeah. experience. And the other is having absolutely no preconceptions and no bias because with the best intention in the world, I mean, if you're, if you're unfortunate and you have family and friends who aren't supportive, they will make you feel worse. Yeah. Sometimes deliberately. Now, see, I think that – pause there a second just because I've got, I've got a good point on this. I think that that – is not always the case because uh, I don't think that it's it. It can be the case that a family will be incredibly supportive, but that incredibly. Oh, sorry, Chris. Oh, yeah, yeah. You go. No, it's just something. But, 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 yeah, yeah. No, but you, you're you're right in the sense that almost being supportive. 
yeah. can be detrimental as well because they don't want to tell you, right, this shit needs to stop or we're really scared for you or they will try and excuse behavior or enable or do all this good yeah. stuff. So, you know, it's very rare that you'll meet someone who is right down the middle. Oh, because- see, no, I'm... I, that wasn't quite the point I was making. What I mean is that you, you can have a, like, no, 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 absolutely. Don't say sorry. We don't say sorry here. You're allowed to exist. You, you say, no one says sorry here. We only say sorry if we do something intentional to hurt a person. Uh, that's it. We don't, sorry is something, you don't apologize for existing. But um, like my mum was incredibly supportive and just wanted the best for me. Never any maliciousness, but she would make me sit IQ tests and tests every night and she took me to a dietitian when i was 12 and it absolutely destroyed all my self-confidence because i was never going to be good enough for that but she wasn't doing it as a horrible person she was just doing it because she wanted me to be the best and i think that that's it's very people forget that love can also be a negative force and 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 so they excuse it and they don't let themselves heal because they're like but that's they're in their own head they're still like but that was a good thing they did people who love you and care for you can still do bad things and not even because they're human they're human as well i just wanted to make that point because uh it's something that doesn't come up a lot and uh it can be very toxic when it gets stuck in there and you're like but i love this person and i know that person loves me they would never do anything to hurt me and that thought means that the things they did that did hurt you become integrated into your personality because you're like then they're right you know when they're not sorry what you're gonna say keep going chris hey, I apologize. Say sorry uh, no i was uh, i i could apologize for uh jumping in on you that was that was <laughs> when it's incorrect uh but you weren't incorrect um uh, so i just there are people talking so i just there, there have been a lot of comments and i haven't no. because you're a good speaker so which is fine that's great that's what we want uh if only so bailey cream who is a new follower thank you very much for following exactly if we only showed a fraction of the kindness we give to others to ourselves we would be quite a lot better off that's that's absolutely true i i always think uh one of the things i say is would you accept that comment from someone else and if you don't and you know any any uh if you wouldn't accept it from someone else don't accept it on yourself uh and then claire has been saying that she's um uh she like she didn't even feel like she was pretty enough for her parents because she she had been a pretty child so she was and you're never going to be and tefkas is steve um he said perfectionism perfectionism is used by a lot of businesses so they don't have to pay you more mm. that's and that kind of whittles away so if you think about it they were they're saying this is your level that you should be at to in order for us to pay you more and you it's not really possible for you to attain that level of where you at but they use that's it as a measuring stick that's also a big thing about business mentality that's been been sort of because work and and personal life are intertwined and it's you as much as we like to be able to say that if you're working you go home and you turn it all off is is business especially sort of in in the capitalism structure is about growth it's about constant growth to the point where we are kind of told constantly you need to be better you need to improve you need to expand there's no kind of it, it, this idea that we're like sharks if we stop swimming we're dead and it's not true there's no kind of be no. content you know look at what you have think about what you have have enough, have you enough. Know, when is enough we have talk enough. about the the infinite game on here that's if you if you heard of that the infinite game and the finite game by simon sinek i mean that we'll talk anyway sorry keep going 
Yeah. So, and, and this just reminds you. I mean, one of the other big sort of breaks I, I had on the way through this counselling journey was that there's a lot to be said for being okay. Mm. Okay. I'm fine. You can be okay. This is this is the thing that people get stuck on is they want to be a superhero. They want to be a supermodel. They want to be and those people aren't perfect either. That is the thing that they miss because they're only seeing this media conception. Uh and yeah, being okay is okay. It's it's great. <laughs> being okay is great. You can and being because people have got it as okay is not okay. It's like that you got to have the coffees for closers it's that kind of uh <laughs> that kind of mentality but it's not real it's not a real thing in the world you can just be fine <laughs> and we like i wouldn't say that i am an exceptional comedian or entertainer but i'm i made my living from it i'm fine and i and i enjoyed it and you'd probably say the same thing you'd say that you are fine at your stuff You'd never say you were great at it because if you said you were great at it, you'd have to admit to yourself that you were good at something. But you and you as a, I, I don't know, I'm this, I'm like that. I don't know if you're the same. But we're working on ourselves in order to get to the point where you'd say, actually, I'm good at it. And it's just changing all those preconceptions that are already built in, and it's very hard when you're an adult. Yeah, and and sort of patterns of behaviour that 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 are instilled when you're young. And then you 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 sort of reinforce them, and you don't necessarily realise you're reinforcing them, and they happen over and over and over and over and over again. And it's it's sort of here's here's a question for you, right? Go for it. Especially after you've had a, a, a difficult time, a particularly hard time, you know, if you've yeah. gone through a phase, maybe like your, your your head squirrels, as a friend of mine calls them, have been particularly, you know, busy. Ha- haunted brain is what my daughter calls it. Haunted brain. That's tremendous, right? Yeah. Um, the, the idea that... All right, so there, there you are. You, particularly, I've had it occasionally where I've just been sat and I've just gone, right, that's weird. What's going on? That's a weird feeling. What is it? Okay, what? I'm not... And it's a moment when nothing's wrong. Yeah, yeah. And having that moment going, right, holy oh. shit, what's going on? It's almost like, wait, 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 oh, wait, oh, wait, nothing's on fire. Oh, Oh, that's all right. Actually, that moment where you realise that you've been dealing with all this stuff for so long, yeah. That, that the 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 kind of again, it's okay to be okay. The absence of all of it feels weird. I have, yeah. We've talked about this. We where I have, I get like really worried if it's okay. So if everything's fine, <laughs> I start to dread the bad thing that's coming. And then I ruin the good feeling because I, I we've we, I've been sat there and I've been like I had a really nice weekend. Oh no, that I mean, and it's self sabotage like you were talking about earlier. You because you you are like it can't be okay. Mm-hmm. It can't. It's not allowed to be. Is that what you were meaning? It's, it's almost like uh, for, there's a bit of that sometimes. It's, a, it's easy again to self sabotage, but it's almost like it's that when you're used to being under pressure or putting this pressure yeah. on yourself or being in that pressure cooker situation that you've created, the absence of pressure actually feels quite weird to begin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it, it, it's been the ultimate warrior. That's what I'd call it. Ultimate warrior. <laughs> uh, it's a wrestling analogy and it's a clever okay. wordplay. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh man. Um, 
it's to go on a complete tangent. Okay, go but they're still kind of yeah. connected, right? That's fine. The the last year has been hard, obviously, but I have a feeling that personally, and I'm not going to say make a blanket statement for everyone. I'm just, I'll obviously I'll just talk about my own experiences here because. Yeah. People have suffered horribly over the last year. I've been very fortunate not to have to lose anyone I'm close to. Um, yeah. uh, I, I, I caught COVID last September, was ill for a little bit, got better, wouldn't wish on anyone. But I've physically and personally and family and socially, financially, I've been okay. I don't have dependents. I've not had to worry about money coming. I've just about got by, mainly because... Yeah. I have very modest needs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm not driving. That's, well, that's how you succeed as a comedian, is you, you manage your expectations of life. Minimalism. Uh, I'm just going to. I like reading. Yeah. <laughs> that's. Um, so, with that in mind, with all of that yeah. in mind, right, yeah, yeah. I have a feeling that when the time comes to look back on 2020, for all the, the, the horror show that was going on, for me personally, it's going to be very, very valuable because I realized that when I was young, I didn't know what I wasn't wanting to do. Then I found stand-up comedy. And then from the age of 25 through until 43, 44, all I really thought about was stand-up. It yeah. was becoming a stand-up, becoming professional, getting full-time. To begin with, it's just getting stage time. Then it's starting to get paid. Then it's mm. getting to the point where you're full-time. And then you're into the hustle. You've got to keep the work coming in. Yep. And that's constant. It just doesn't stop. doesn't stop. And, yep. that's, part of my, and that's the thing about being self-employed as well. There's always that feeling you could be working. It's, there's something I could be doing right now. Infinitely. Exactly. exactly. Yep. exactly. So it's, it's, it's an ongoing thing. And it wasn't until... We were all the the industry just went away. That we were all kind of forced to stop and take stock stock of things, and that was what happened to me last year. And it's once I was lucky enough to once I knew that I was going to be all right financially, that I wasn't going to end up homeless, I wasn't going yeah. to starve. That's really what you look for. Yeah. I realised that suddenly I like. Last year was the first time I ever went out and walked and explored Manchester. I've lived in Manchester now for, wow. what, since 2004. So, what, 16 years, right? 17 years. Never really, yeah. well, 17 now, but 16 last year. Oh, and I, I'd, I'd never really explored. I'd never gone yeah. out and looked around. And I, and I started walking. So my mum bought me a Fitbit for Christmas of 2019, and that kind of inspired me to get my steps up. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. out and I actually explored it. And I had a summer. I went out during the summer and I went nice. to parks and I walked along the canals and I, and, and I saw things and I saw things. Yeah. You know, just cause I don't, I would, I was either, if I was gigging at the weekend. I was at home during the week. That was it. I never yeah. went anywhere. Yeah. And, and just realizing that there was more to life than what I'd lost myself in. There was more to it than, than this sort of introspection. And it's still there, you know, it's and, still there. And, the, the challenge is going to be whether when the world opens up, God, we will roadmap June, May, May, June. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see. There's Believe a couple of happens. caveats. Yeah. Um, the, the, that'll be the test when I go back into that potentially, but it's realizing 
what's important and and one of the one of the and and i've got to do things that i wouldn't have done otherwise because again when you're self-employed everything is around that job in the same way almost i i would equate it almost to being a parent because once you become a a parent the child rightly becomes everything your entire life has to revolve around that child um you, you know and and for me when that was taken away, it gave me a chance to kind of get a bit of perspective on things, see what was really important, um, yeah. like, and, and do things I wouldn't be able to do. Like my uh, my aforementioned nephews, whom I just showed off, Nate and Josh, yeah. um, what is their names? I I would only ever see them in passing if I was gigging because they live in Plymouth with their parents. They're not precocious, yeah. and I would see them in passing quite regularly, like every couple of months. But it was only like for a day or a night, and also because I was often dealing with depression i'd get there i wouldn't want to i'd want to sleep and i wouldn't want to interact with people and you could always yeah. kind of write it off one day at a time because oh it's that's uncle chris he's had to travel a long way of course he's tired and i got to go down for two months last year towards the yeah. tail end of last year and spend two months with the boys and with my brother and my sister-in-law and have real time with them and get to know them and and for all the stress of last year it's yeah given me an opportunity to stop doing yeah. some of the things that were just grinding me down. And I think that's been, that's going to be my takeaway from last year is, is, is the value of just perspective. Again, perspective seems to be the, the overarching theme of all this. Well, no, I, I think that perspective is important. See, I, I don't see it as a child. I, I didn't see it as a child. I saw it as an addiction because I thought that children at least tend to grow and develop and you can <laughs> definitely at the end of it, as long as you don't kill them, everything's great. But I see it as because it does think even when you destroy it, even you just keep doing it no matter you don't change it. You don't try and adapt. We talked about it earlier. You don't try and adapt because you're so used to the behaviors and the patterns. You go and do your 10 minutes in Derby and, you know, all the time is I always saw it as an addiction. And it happens to a lot of people and uh, who are like you and me with an addictive personality because uh, when you've got depression and stuff, you try to fill the void. And that's why comedians are all very specifically have something missing in their soul. <laughs> And they fill it with comedy. They fill it with audience, and they just need that feeling. And I, I always see it as, as a. I like. I prefer your analogy as a as a for as a child because it makes it a nice thing. Whereas I see it as like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like just my next hit, just the next hit. That's and that's oh, yeah. what it was. In the, in the I mean, I suppose if I'm if I'm really, I was going to say beat the child analogy to death. That's a really no, bad combination of words for this metaphor. Yeah. If I'm if I'm if you take it to its logical conclusion, I mean there's much like you you put love into something and you do get love back and sometimes it will spit back in your face and it will take you for granted and you will look at this thing that you love and go why why have i bothered to have you in the first place why um and and it's it's just a constant sort of evolution and it and it yeah. changes your relationship changes with it over time um yeah. as it should and it might get to the point where you don't need each other anymore or one doesn't need the other as much yeah and and that's a good one you, know, like or you decide to have another kid or you know or maybe yeah, no. fake and then that kid's better country to escape responsibility for said child i don't know <laughs> we all have our coping mechanisms we all do too. I just want a quick thank you, AJ, for subscribing and 
congratulations to Stretch Next for getting it because she AJ um, dropped it across to someone else and gifted it. Um, Chris, we're gonna wrap up, so we're gonna I'm gonna throw it out to the chat. Are there any questions in the chat that uh, you'd like to pose me or Chris about the things that we brought up today? There's a lot of different topics we brought up today. Uh, if you've got anything in the chat, we're gonna. We've got the last ten minutes. We will reserve for that. Oh, we'll continue talking. I'll, I'll, I'll continue talking, and I'll, I will. I'll put my hand up if I see one in the chat that we can do it. But um, I, I, what I want, what I want to finish on with, with, with this is: what's the thing now? Is it the therapy that's getting you through, or do you have very specific coping mechanisms that you've developed through therapy? Uh, is there something that you could give to people? Uh, what's really funny is the question that's just come up in the chat is, do you have any specific coping mechanisms? Like, what do you actually do when you feel yourself getting low? That's which, exactly the question I was just asking, and it's just come well, up. You know what? It's 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 something that I've realised over the last sort of year or two. Part of it is coping... Prevention is better than cure, generally. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's get I'm starting to recognise when I see patterns of behavior coming up, when I start to see myself getting frustrated or angry, or I feel that it's, um, so the things that I've done, right. Um, the headspace app has been very useful for me doing some mindfulness meditation. Um, it's tremendous. It was sold to me by someone who once said, have a look at this headspace app. You'll like it. The guy's voice doesn't make you want to punch him. And I went, Okay, sold. I mean, and you're right. I mean, never want to punch him, which is a baseline you look for in meditation, <laughs> isn't it? So yeah. that's, and it's it, it's sort of it's when you start asking questions like why is this happening, and not judging it, but just trying to observe and trying to understand. For me, routine is a is a routine. huge deal. Having because yeah. I I I realize that I will descend into chaos, and you can tell the state of mind generally by the state of the kitchen kitchen is state of my mind um and i've been very guilty in the past of going right well it's not about one big thing it's not like and i and that was something that was kind of again instilled in me when i was younger one day you're going to be great one day this is going to happen one day everything will fall into place you'll be a big star you'll do this you'll be a huge success blah 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 it's not about a big thing it's about a little every time it's about a little every single day and rather than letting everything go to absolute rack and ruin and going, right, I'm going to spend 24 hours without sleeping where I fix everything, which is impossible. Yeah. Is just a little bit at a time and, and touch wood at the moment, I've got a routine going little, little simple rules for me, like make sure I I go to bed with an empty sink. Yeah. It's literally, um, but just, just make sure that, because I know that if I get up in the morning, and there's pots and pans everywhere. I'll just go, Ugh, mm. and it, I might not make breakfast, and then that'll throw the rest of my day off. Of course, um, yeah. And little things. So I've now got like a little whiteboard thing on my desk. I've got um, a, a routine every day that I try to stick to, which is to do the headspace thing, uh, do my uh, uh, bit of yoga in the morning, and I've got a logbook where I just write. And and I, I hate writing with a pen because my hand can't keep up with my brain. But it's good to kind of ground me. Slows you, know? you down. Yeah. Yeah. And, and having not written with a pen for uh, for decades, cramp is yeah. an exciting experience. So just <laughs> having that thing and then getting the habit of having a work, uh, having a list of things to do. 
and then just mm. just just dealing with the next thing in front of me uh, in terms of i was going to try and turn the camera on and show you my, i'll take a photo and i'll put it i'll send it to you so or tweet it is rather than so dismissing the things that i've done is i've got photos on the wall which are typically behind the screen here now yeah. where i have a lot of people who are important to me and then i have i actually went on a mission to get photos that are signed by the guys i've done tours with I, I found yeah. one roddy piper signed photo in a, in a thing and it had someone else's name on it but fact fans if you want to get sharpie off of a photo use hand sanitizer comes right off ah, so i depersonalized it and it's now just a signed photo and 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 basically reminding myself to look at them and remember the good stuff yeah, and not absolutely. dwell on the bad stuff and it's yeah. it doesn't mean that i won't have bad days or bad thoughts or bad times it's just trying to keep that sense of perspective on it yeah and just oh, excuse me that's <laughs> trying to reach me at the moment um that's funny that's all right go. we're gonna wrap up anyway chris <laughs> what what a what a perfectly time but no that's absolutely right i think the small steps keeping a routine and and, and trying to achieve something every day so uh, we're going to wrap up there because obviously Chris's mum's trying to get hold of him. We don't want we don't want to hold her up. So Chris, if you stay on the call, we'll I'll just say we'll say goodbye to everyone. Um, thank you very much for everyone that's watched. There's been quite a lot of you in the chat talking today. Thank you very much uh, for everyone. We are back Wednesday morning for our tour of we're going to France this this week because so we do virtual tours for people that are stuck at home. So we're doing one 11 a.m. on Wednesday, taking people to France um, because one of our um, one of our members, uh, Carrie, she had a trip booked to France and Spain. And obviously that can't happen. She's in America. And so we're going to take them around France. Last week we were in Iceland. So that so we're back at 11 a.m. on Wednesday. Thank you very much, Chris. You incredible, lovely chat. It's a lovely, eloquent man that we've had on the on the, the chat today. Um, we'll be back next week, 8.30pm on Monday with another mental health bar. Um, we've got a fantastic we've, uh, a life coach who's gone through some things and then uh, they, they've used that experience to um, generate their own their own business so that they can help people like, like uh, you like yourself there. So thank you very much, everyone. Um, and I will either see you Wednesday morning or next week. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Chris Brooker. Oh, uh, yes. Where can they find you, Chris? Where can oh, they find wow. you? Yeah. Okay. Um, broadly, uh, walking around, playing Pokemon Go. That's a big help as well. That gets you out of the house every day. Um, uh, look for me on social media. I'm basically at the Brooker Man on everything I'm on social media. So on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, look for Chris Brooker Comedy on Facebook. If you happen to be a pro wrestler and you're looking for some help in developing a character, um, I've got one to one sessions. Drop me a line, I'll sort something out. Um, but just say hello, just, uh, and we'll, we'll all kind of get through this together. We'll get through it together. We'll get through it together. That's great. Okay. So thanks very much. Let's give it, say everyone, bye to everyone, Chris, and, uh, we'll see you next week or on Wednesday. Thank you very much, everyone. Catch you later. Thank you.